We have a fun episode today, and here's why. I'm going to imagine that you have a 401k, maybe you have a Roth IRA, maybe you have rental income, maybe you have inheritance, maybe there's part-time income. Odds are, if you're thinking about an early retirement, you have different income sources that are going to start at different times. Maybe you retire, you need some help from your portfolio to supplement lifestyle, maybe down in the future there's social security, maybe you know in between there's some part-time income, and you've probably wondered in the back of your head at some point, how do I coordinate all of my different income sources with my portfolio? So that's what I'm going to be going over today from a timing perspective all the way to an optimizing perspective because you work too hard to not get the most out of your money. That is why I love doing what I do. So before I hop in, once again, as always, I'm Ari Taubleib, your host, and I love what I get to do. I help people create a custom strategy to retire early. Now, if you're looking for more information like this, you can always search YouTube for early retirement and see the content I do there as well. So let's hop into today's episode. Today, like I said, it's about coordinating your portfolio with other income sources. And here's the way traditional people look at it and the way that I look at it. Not that there's anything bad with tradition, but I'm going to show you how I think about it just a little differently, is most people will have you fill out a risk tolerance questionnaire. And that will get a portfolio allocation for you. Maybe there's some basic questions there. How do you feel about risk? What does risk mean to you? And then they might ask you your age. And some people will look at that and go, okay, that's my investment portfolio. And to me, that just doesn't go deep enough for a good allocation because it doesn't know everything else going on in your life. And you've probably heard this example before, but someone a few months back said, Ari, my neighbor says I should hire you because you're a fiduciary. And I said, do not hire me because I'm a fiduciary. That is the basis for our conversation. It's the same with building a portfolio allocation. Do not pick an allocation because you're 60 years old, you want to retire early, and you want to spend 8000 a month. This is going to sound harsh, but it's just a dumb way of doing things based on people just going along with the way things have always been done. I am all about modern financial planning, and if there are rules and strategies I can take from what previous advisors or other clients have lived through and they've seen success in it, wonderful, but that is not what I'm talking about today. Just because everyone's done something doesn't mean there's not a better way to do it. And here are the primary considerations behind my reasoning. Number one, and this is the most important, what do you need your portfolio to do for you? Portfolio is just a money-making machine with the goal being for most people to create a sustainable income stream that you are not going to outlive, especially if you are retiring early, you need this income to last for 40 plus years. So depending on your situation, it might be the only income stream for a brief period of time if you're retiring early before you have the ability to tap into other investment accounts or income sources. Maybe it's the majority of your income stream. Every single person has a different story, a different strategy, a different way of how they've built what they've worked so hard for. And so it's my job to help you get the most out of it. So if a lot of people, taking an example here, have other income streams like a pension or like social security, and if those income streams are different amounts, guess what? Every single person's retirement expenses are also different, which means the majority of retirees that have this 60-40 portfolio you hear about, 60% equities, 40% fixed income, to me, that is not optimal. Not against it. Doesn't mean they're going to be, you know, having to retire and, and all of a sudden run out of money that way. It just means to me that they could be doing a whole lot better 
and people, like I said, they reach out to me because they want to optimize. It's not as if I'm here to save the ship. If you don't listen to the early retirement podcast, are you going to be okay? Yes, I believe you are probably going to be more than fine, but people want to optimize. So if you're ever looking, I, I created a previous episode, how to create your customized all-weather portfolio. I have a different episode on that that was previously recorded, but today I'm focusing on balancing that portfolio aspect with your other income sources. So this is an example I want to work through. Let's look at two individuals. Number one um, has expenses of $80,000 a year. So this is someone who's retired and they have expenses of $80,000 a year. And the second person also has $80,000 a year of expenses. The first person has a pension that has $80,000 a year that comes to them and a portfolio that has a balance of $750,000. The other, so person number two here, has Social Security of $40,000, so half of that pension, and a $750,000 portfolio. So the only difference between these two, person A, they have a pension that allows for $80,000 a year and a $750,000 portfolio. Person two, $40,000 comes from Social Security, half of that pension of eighty, and they have a $750,000 portfolio. And let's pretend both are 67 years old, same exact life situation, same retirement goals. Only thing different here is the income that they have coming in. So what's needed from the portfolio? Do they both you know, should they both, if you will, have the same portfolio allocation? I would argue no, and here's why. The first person, guess how much they need to be able to do everything they want to do? They need $0 from their portfolio because their pension is fully supporting lifestyle. Could they take more? Yes, but in this example, I'm explaining that they don't need to, so no requirement here. There's a caveat here. Let's pretend that pension doesn't have a COLA, which is a cost of living adjustment. If that's the case, there's more planning that has to go through this. But just looking at an example here, if you have the income needed from your pension, then the reality is your portfolio can be adjusted to be very different from the traditional 60-40 portfolio. Let's look at the second person here. They have 40000 a year coming from Social Security, which means that they need to be able to supplement this other 40000 from somewhere. So person one, they have a little bit more freedom because they have their base expenses, everything they want in retirement coming from their pension. So they have a little bit more ability to be risky. And when I say risk, I mean the ability to invest in a growth portfolio and accept more short-term uncertainty that comes along with that because if they need funds, they're not worried about it. They have the majority really all of it, covered by their pension. The second person, they can't afford to be all stocks. If there's a 30% downturn, that would force them to sell stocks at a 30% loss, which I can promise you probably don't want to do. So the first person, they could just not touch their stocks that year. They already have the income that they need, and the traditional way of looking at this is, how old are you? Here's your portfolio. What's a risk tolerance for a scale of 1 to 10 for you? And you're going to spit out a number. And, and like I said, it just doesn't go deep enough. So as opposed to what's your age, as opposed to what's your risk tolerance, how about what's your need? Let's construct a portfolio that will generate the combination of stability, income, and growth that you need. Now here's risk number two. How do we properly define risk and how do we mitigate risk? Because some people will say, oh my gosh, Ari, this allocation is too risky. And I'll say, what is risk? And they go, well, it's just so risky. It's, it's, I see my money going up and down in the short term and that's just not fun. And I go, I agree with risk. I agree with that. The difference is the way we implement it. The textbook way of measuring risk is what's called standard deviation. But I don't think that's the best way to do so. It's a way of standardizing how portfolios are managed 
and it's a way of seeing how our portfolio managers being evaluated, but it's not the best way to help you manage real risk. The real risk is not the short-term ups and downs of the market. Real risk is a permanent loss of purchasing power. Volatility is a fancy word for discomfort and even you could say extreme discomfort. That's what short-term risk is. It's not fun, but it's always short-term months to a couple years on average. The average downturn is about two to two and a half years, but it's not permanent. And so in my opinion, it's not true risk. So let's look at another example here. Let's pretend that you have the majority of your assets in cash. Cash typically thought as a safe asset because it has no volatility. The standard deviation, the technical term here of that would be practically zero. It also has no return. So if you have $100,000 today and you kept that in actual cash, in 20 years from now, you still have $100,000. But inflation of 3%, mean that's $100,000, is now worth $54,000 in 20 years. That's a decline of 46%. So if your stock portfolio declined today at 46%, you would probably say, Ari, that is a very risky portfolio. The difference is that's temporary. Stocks average about 10%. So if you zoom out that stock portfolio in 20 years, well, it's not worth 54000 like cash. It's worth $672,000 in 20 years. And that's after adjusting for inflation. That equivalent would be $372,000 today. So if you are ask me, Ari, what's more risky, um, starting with $100,000 today Cash, real value of cash after 20 years is 54000 and stocks real value is 372000 which is almost seven times higher. Which would you rather have? And people go, Ari, I get it. The higher amount, that makes sense. Um, but then we got to think more about this. Cash is really you kicking down risk down the road. It's making that risk permanent as you keep kicking it and kicking it and kicking it. Owning stocks means you are accepting more short-term gain, more uncertainty, but that risk dissolves over time and isn't risk-free over time. Your odds of losing money over long periods of time gets very close to zero the longer you stay invested. So let's be ultra clear on this. Of course, there's real risk in stocks. What is risk again? It's the permanent loss of purchasing power. In that second example that I said before, the one that had 40000 coming from Social Security but needed an additional 40000 from their portfolio, they couldn't be as risky because they need to make sure there's enough income there to supplement lifestyle. If the majority of your expenses, however, are coming from a pension and then maybe there's part-time income and then maybe there's Social Security that's happening years later or there's inheritance you can expect, well, guess what? Your whole income strategy needs to be shifted based on that. So this whole idea of a 60-40 portfolio or the whole idea of asking someone their age and risk tolerance, as you can tell, gets me a little heated because it just doesn't go deep enough. Now, everything I said there makes sense to a lot of people financially. It's the emotional aspect that really will either trigger them or make them go, Ari, everything you're saying, yes, that resonates and, and, and it's helpful, but there's just something that's causing me to lose sleep at night. And so I'll ask them, I'll go, what's your comfort level with the inherent uncertainty involved with investing? And you might hear that and go, Ari, once again, I agree with what you're saying, but I'm just not comfortable with it. And guess what? That's okay. It's not as if overnight you go, oh my gosh, that made so much sense. I'm in 40% equities today. I need 90% equities tomorrow, or I should be in 100% equities because I don't need this income. I'm not asking for a, for a light switch in terms of a decision. I'm asking you to think differently about this. I'm asking you to think anti-cookie cutter. If you could afford to be all stocks, 
but doing so would cause you to lose sleep at night, then why would you do that? My goal with financial planning is to help you get the most out of life with your money. Maybe you go, Ari, I get this, but I just am not willing to accept that amount of uncertainty. I am okay with that as well once my clients understand the reason behind it. Losing sleep about your portfolio that would detract from good planning. Adding anxiety, that detracts from good planning. So if you, you know, are looking at different trade-offs and say you're willing to accept lower returns in exchange for a less volatile experience, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if the stock market volatility does not bother you, then I don't think there's any reason to accept a 60-40 or a 50-50 portfolio just because some financial advisor or a blog post told you that's what you should have because of your age. So that is it today on different income sources, on thinking through Social Security and pensions and and portfolio, and and especially with an early retirement, you're probably going to be living off of these income sources if you're retiring in your early 50s or early 60s before other income sources come in and help. So the reality is you might say, Ari, what do I need to do? with this because I need to manage this in a way that I'm never going to run out of money, but also allows me to make sure that I'm not leaving anything on the table. And that's once again, where so many people fall short. It's not, are you going to be okay or not? To me, I'm fairly confident if you're even listening to this podcast, you are in a good position. I can't say that for certain, of course, but most of you are. The difference is I want to help you optimize that. So once again, this is what I love to do. If you're looking for that custom strategy, you can look to apply with me in the description below. And that is it for today's episode. If this has been helpful and you're just listening to this for you know educational information, I kindly ask that you do leave a five-star review as it helps more people find the show. My goal is to help as many people retire early as possible. So thank you for helping me do that. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Early Retirement Show. If you have a question that you want answered, in a future episode, you can always go to my website, earlyretirementpodcast.com. That's earlyretirementpodcast.com. And you can go ahead and submit a question that I'll look to answer in a future episode. Thank you all for listening. Please do rate it, review it, and share it with someone who you think would benefit from this information if there's anyone out there that you know. I certainly appreciate it, and I will see you all each week. Hey guys, it's me again. Please be smart about this. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as financial, tax, or legal advice. Consult with your tax preparer or financial advisor before taking any action. This podcast is for informational purposes only.